Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. And this episode is Leadership Clarity. And I almost called it the importance of clarity as a leader and um, how much you should focus on clarification. So I came down to Leadership Clarity and last time we looked at uh, Leading with Focus from Mike Schmoker. And as I've said in the past, we've used that book before and many of his books, Elevating the Essentials for School and District Improvement. Uh, excellent book. And we looked at the simple formula for effective leadership and the five uh, steps that he says are effective leadership are research, reduction, clarification, repeated practice, and monitoring. And this time I wanted to look at clarification because he has some good things to say about clarification and the importance of being clear and communication. There are a lot of things that fall within that. And starting from his, uh, I'll read a, a bit of uh, this excerpt from his book. And I think it will get us off on the right track. Uh, excellent stuff. And... He starts with a quote from Marcus Buckingham, of course, Gallup, uh, Gallup fame and strengths. And something I also used was Strengths Finder with my staff so that I could understand uh, where they were coming from and actually use their strengths. And uh, let's see, the quote was, if you do nothing else as a leader, be clear, uh, already citing the importance of clarity. And I'm going to read a little bit here. The he says, to clarify obsessively, uh, the field of education has not historically made clarity a priority. Surely we know this. We seldom explain, train, and reiterate the most essential practices with sufficient depth and intensity for everyone to achieve at least minimal mastery. And that was from Payne, 2011. The cause of clarity hasn't been helped by the fact that our profession routinely traffics in what one observer calls a mendacious babble. Uh, that was Mitchell, 1981. Uh, leaders should shun the jargon of academic educationism. Some of our most popular terms never acquired a clear definition in the first place and can thus mean almost anything uh, to anyone. Uh, metacognition, balanced literacy, active learning, differentiated instruction. Isn't that the truth in education? We have all these different, uh, almost a different language that we speak at times and acronyms and everything else. Uh, Student-centered learning styles and so on. Uh, I could go on and on with that as well. The use of such terms wreaks havoc on the clear communication that is essential to improved practice. Our sloppy imprecision is evident in the tortured formulations of many of the common core standards and in our unconscionably muddled jargon-laced teacher evaluation templates. Uh, and he wants you to refer to some of his other chapters in this book. Uh, lack of clarity is far more consequential than we know. To be effective, schools must develop a clear, common understanding of essential professional terms. And that was from Derfor and Marzano, uh, 2011. An old friend of mine with an extensive business resume, uh, executive with Procter & Gamble, global head of marketing for Pepsi, chief operating officer of eBay, once told me that the most important early leadership lesson he learned was the need for clarity. So he had held some... Uh, different executive positions 
and the need for clarity. He learned the hard way that to bring out the best in employees, leaders must meticulously craft every communication, every goal and directive, and then check with employees to make sure that they properly understood the message. Clarity is essential to productive action. In other words, you as a leader, you have to be extremely intentional. I always had to do this as a leader, and with my Friday focus, I tried to reiterate the things that I wanted staff to know about. Um, I tried to define what we were trying to do, uh, continue to promote our vision, and to be very clear in the messages I was sending about our school and about our organization. And the things I wanted them to know, I had to... Uh, I would send emails, but I'm I'm a believer, a firm believer, and if you want it to be really clear, you explain it, you meet face-to-face. Uh, it's a lot uh, better than letting people read between the lines in an email that you may not catch everything or you may not include what needs to be there for clarity. And let me go on a little bit with this here. And checking with the employees to make sure they properly understood is a really good way. Um, I would check with colleagues and check around the school and with peers and see what they thought and if they actually did understand what I was trying to say. And sometimes there was a miscommunication. And if there was, it was important to clarify it. And, And as he says here, clarity is essential to productive action. Perhaps nothing could be more important for educators right now than clarity about their work, priorities, and practices. For decades, I've seen how average educators ed, ev, average educators aren't sufficiently clear on the most fundamental concepts of schooling, curriculum, literacy, and effective teaching. In the words of management, management expert Tom Peters, communication always sucks. It's the human condition. To make communication even halfway decent, even half the time, you've got to work like hell at it all the time, quoted in Jensen uh, 2000. So basically, communicate, communicate, and communicate. Leaders need to work like hell at clear communications. All teachers need and deserve leaders who make strenuous efforts to clearly and continuously communicate the most essential concepts and practices. They need leaders to do this with precision and, just as important, repetition. Uh, and he's going to tell us more about that. Uh, why haven't most educators mastered the most fundamental elements of good schooling? Because we haven't made clarity a priority. To achieve, achieve such clarity, leaders must ensure that someone on their staff explains and teaches and models critical concepts and practices multiple times. With follow-up and reinforcement, probably for the length of teachers' careers, such focused clarification, modeling, and practice are hardly typical of most professional development which is typically cursory, shallow, and imprecise. That's because precious time, so essential to achieving piercing clarity, too often gets shifted to other ever-newer initiatives. And that can be it, too. We talked about narrowing the focus last time and uh, limiting the number of initiatives you have going. And if you do that, you can prioritize and you can be very clear. And so our training only leaves traces of of true understanding. The result, in the great majority of our schools, students are routinely deprived of the game-changing power of best practices. And that was Odden, uh, 2009, Hirsch, 2009, and Marzano, 2007. A lot of what I do with positive behavior supports and training I do with staff is going in and reinforcing concepts and doing some of the things that he talks about here, uh, modeling, practicing, and 
uh, reinforcement and giving them background in a lot of different areas on how to do different things and strategies with students. And that's uh, absent in some of the PD that I see from districts. The successful schools and districts I describe in this book were exceptionally aware of the critical connection between a reduced hedgehog style focus. Remember, he talked about that hedgehog style focus last time and uh, staying concentrated and narrowing our focus on those things that we really want to be our big rocks and move forward with. And the opportunity for teachers to achieve piercing clarity with respect to their priorities. At these schools, it would be difficult for practitioners not to know or to forget what was expected of them. But clarity also requires something else, practice. We don't really deploy under, or really deeply understand effective instruction and implementation until we do it. Practice, repeated, even guided practice with feedback is integral to clarity. So it is important for us to have that that um, practice and that repetition uh, to make sure that it's clear. So the same thing when we're talking about instruction, uh, we always had a clear learning target and then we used a gradual release framework of modeled, shared, guided, and independent. So it was very clear the framework that I wanted staff to use and clarifying instruction, clarifying how you want your procedures and routines to be in your building for your PBIS, and clarifying anything, any message that you're trying to get out is so important. And to make sure that people aren't reading between the lines and changing the narrative and changing the things that you're trying to say and upsetting the cart. And then I want to share one thing because it also, uh, being very clear, also helps you to build trust through that communication. And we've talked about building trust before, and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about that in the future because uh, building trust uh, is a big part of building a positive culture, and you want to have that positive culture. Um, taking an excerpt from the principle, Three Keys to Maximizing Impact from Michael Fullan. Um, and he, of course, was the best-selling author of The Six Secrets of Change. Uh, Michael Fullan has some excellent materials out there. Um, this is taken from, uh, uh, what chapter was this? The Third Key, Becoming a Change Agent. And this is a section of uh, build trust through clear communications and expectations. Um, he says, I'd like to adapt one of Stephen Covey's insights. You can't talk your way out of what you behaved yourself into, 2004, by saying that you can't talk your way into trust. I mean that you can only behave your way into it by naming, modeling, and monitoring your trustworthiness. And I always say your actions have to match your words. And that is one of the best ways to build trust, of course, in your organization. Uh, you name trust as a value and norm that you will embrace and develop in the organization. You model it in your day-to-day -day actions, and you monitor it in your own and others' behavior. Note that trustworthiness goes beyond integrity to include real competence as well. You have to be true to your word, but also very good at what you do. According to Kurtman, spreading trust also entails mastering directness and honesty about performance expectations, following through with actions on commitments made, ensuring clear understanding of key communications, and being comfortable in dealing with conflict. Uh, so another important aspect of clear communications is that it can help you build trust as you're clarifying the messages that you're putting out into your organization. 
And we're going to go ahead and wrap tonight. And our quote for tonight is um, from Dan James. Asking questions will get you the performance you are after far more than dictating demands. And And as always, keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes. And until next time, let's remember to stay positive. been listening to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAnderson Consulting.com.